in between episode 24 are patients consumers American healthcare entrepreneurs and executives you want to know talking relentlessly seeking value are patients consumers defining the terms patient and consumer will get us started here and also provide the insight and common understanding that we need to tackle this seemingly elusive question. Patient, adjective, able to accept or tolerate delays, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. Synonyms, forbearing, uncomplaining, tolerant, long-suffering, resigned, and stoical. Definition two, noun, a person receiving or registered to receive medical treatment. I'll get to the number one adjective definition of patient soon enough, don't you worry. But to start, let's consider number two, noun, for about T minus five seconds. You'll notice, air quotes, a person receiving or registered to receive medical treatment could mean pretty much any adult or child human with an appointment at any healthcare facility. Moving on, consumer, noun, a person who purchases goods and services for personal use. A person or thing that eats or uses something. Similar to the term patient, a consumer could be anyone, anywhere, at any time, who purchases anything or uses anything. The definition doesn't separate informed consumers from ill-informed consumers and then postulate that ill-informed consumers are actually not consumers. And I can see why. This path would get dark really fast. If we're looking at the literal answer here, and I want it to be obtuse, I could correctly say that the literal answer to the question, are patients consumers, is yes. Consumers are people who use something and they pay for something. Patients use healthcare and sometimes they pay for it. So literally, patients are consumers as per Webster's dictionary definitions. But let's look at the not literal answer. For the purposes of advancing our understanding, let's postulate that the answer to are patients consumers is actually no, patients are not consumers. So let's try on that for size. Patients are not consumers. Say we go with a more narrow definition of consumer though than the one that we just looked at from Webster's. Let's take the consumer to mean the buyer in a transaction as defined by business law in a free market setting. Using the 80-20 rule, or more likely the 99.9 to 0.1 rule, <laughs> patients are not consumers. Patients rarely know how much they'll pay before they get the bill 30 to 700 days later, especially if they are within spitting distance of a hospital or someplace that actually looks like a doctor's office, but is in fact a hospital outpatient facility. Patients are not consumers is even more correct when the patient has arrived on a stretcher, is in terrible pain, has a mental impairment, has a tendency to agree to surgery without questioning the rationale for the surgery, let alone the cost of the surgery. Maybe the patient doesn't bother to ask about the cost, thinking that their insurance will cover it. Regardless, all of this adds up to patients are not consumers. Yes. Where things get tricky, though, is when the definition of consumer spills over to encompass not only people shopping in a free market, but also anyone who pipes up and advocates for themselves. 
The term consumer then begins to refer to anyone who regards themselves as having agency, anyone with the audacity to think they are an equal partner in their own healthcare journey or attempting to exert control over their journey. It's pretty amazing how fast the narrow definition of consumer devolves or evolves into this other one. I did not read the original paper, but there is a smudgy consumer definition in an article which I've linked to in the show notes that was written by the Hastings Center. But you actually don't have to read the article because if you continue to listen, I'll save you the trouble. The article starts out fair enough. It's tough to be a consumer in our healthcare system. And by the way, this isn't the only article of this ilk. I just happened to pick it because it was a very good representation of what I'm about to discuss. So as I said, the article starts out fair enough. It talks about how difficult it is to be an actual consumer in our current healthcare system, which is clearly not a free market. But then things go south pretty fast. The authors write, and I quote, the consumer metaphor could erode physicians' professionalism. The authors feel, apparently, that these consumer patients may show up in clinic demanding treatments with no evidence, and then if the, in quotes, consumer is always right, then doctors will be helpless to push back. Patients as consumers then, in quotes, devalue physician expertise. Besides the pejorative overtones of the article, my main issues with this piece are, number one, most of this article seems like it was written by authors who never suffered from a rare disease or had a child or a parent with one. As a broad stroke, I can confidently state that rare disease patients who don't self-advocate are often wonderful case studies of morbidity and mortality. Sometimes the consumer patient is actually right. Number two problem with the article. Patients who happen to be women and or people of color also have issues simply trusting physician skill and knowledge without question. The medical establishment has, in study after study, a very real problem when it comes to diagnosing and properly treating patients who are not young white men. I do not say this to be inflammatory or as a lightning rod. I say it because it's true. As just one data point to get you started, check out any literature about how many women who are having a heart attack, like at that very moment, get sent home from the ER and told that they are not having a heart attack, only to die like later that day. I did an entire podcast with Maya Dusenberry, also episode 205, if you're interested in learning more. Problem number three with the article. It also sounds very much like the authors harbor a very dim view of patient intelligence from both an IQ and an EQ perspective. If the patient is smart and the doctor is smart, you'd hope their combined smarts would result in a synergistic better outcome, not the patient, in quotes, devaluing doctor's expertise. Problem number four, it is an undeniable fact that The patient is the only one who ultimately is going to decide whether or not to consume physician advice. Patients are not in clinic, I'm going to say 8,750 hours a year, not treating them like they are the most important arbiter of their own health or healthcare will result in all of the non-engagement, non-shared decision-making, patriarchal badness that has been shown time and time again. And the last problem with the article, or last that I'm going to mention, Medicare patients with chronic conditions see on average 15 physicians, including two primary care physicians, unfathomably, 
It is rare that these physicians work together, meaning that the only stakeholder with visibility into the entire patient journey is the patient. Patients who abdicate all consumerism and solely rely on, in quotes, physicians, knowledge, skill, and obligations to patients' well-being to recommend the best course of treatment, end quote, might wind up with 15 best courses of treatment, including cascading drug adverse events and all kinds of contradictory or contraindicated goings-on. Along these same lines as this article saying that patients are not consumers, I've been on the Twitter and the Instagram, occasionally the Facebook, as rarely as possible the Reddit, and I have seen plenty of posts from doctors who aggressively and nastily attack patients for acting like consumers. I am sure their logic is similar to the above, but I would not be bold enough to speculate on anything when it comes to Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or especially Reddit. Let me wind up where I'm going here, because I don't think you'd have to be Columbo to figure it out. Back to the number one definition of patient. Adjective. Let me reiterate. Able to accept or tolerate delays, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. Forbearing, uncomplaining, tolerant, long-suffering, resigned, and stoical. Within all of this patient, in quotes, resigned acceptance of delays and problems, lies an Easter egg of a difficulty. It's an Easter egg filled with a whole lot of baggage and none of it serves to empower, embolden, or engage. Do we really want to center care around an icon of tolerant suffering who we cultivate to have no consumeristic characteristics? If we want patient-centered care, do we want our patients to be long-suffering, milk-toast, silent types? Bottom line, anyone proclaiming that patients are not consumers or patients should not be consumers with an intent to silence patients into handmaidens of quiet obedience either hasn't read the studies or doesn't actually have the best interests of the patient in mind. So if patients are not consumers, then patients are consumers, right? Let us assess. Patients are consumers. Oof, so many problems lurk with this one. I'll state the most obvious, but the list could go on and on. Number one problem. Little relevant quality or cost information is available to patients, and even if it was, patients do not typically have the data science backgrounds needed to process it. It is tough to be a consumer when you don't have the information that you need to be one. Number two. Patients have been known to read the National Enquirer or search Dr. Google and come into clinic demanding to be tested for 17 types of malaria strains, which may or may not be prevalent in Indiana or wherever they're from. And then we expect doctors in 7 to 12 minutes to coach and counsel these patients to be better consumers. And after that, we expect these doctors to type all this into their cantankerous EHR and get the prior off and later explain to management why the low RVUs. But I digress. Let's move on to number three problem. Anti-vaxxers. Mic drop. Problem number four. Study after study shows that patients need help navigating the healthcare system and any initiative to improve patient outcomes that does not include steerage is doomed to fail because patients are not consumers of healthcare. Issue number four. I was listening to a podcast a while ago and patients at cardio cash labs were referred to as akin to chattel. Wow, that's rough. But the reason that these places even got labeled as cash labs to begin with is because patients are not consumers and they do what their doctors tell them. Problem number six. Once a week, 
I hear a story told by some amazing son or daughter or mom or dad or patient talking about toting around blood tests and MRI results and making sure that the tests one doctor ordered got scheduled and the results got sent back to the other three doctors who also needed them. It is insane how much burden is placed on patients to orchestrate their own care, and they often fail because they're not consumers. Number seven, add to this all the patients who cannot be consumers because they aren't even conscious. Number eight, add to that all the work that doctors do behind the scenes, applying their knowledge and skill in ways that patients don't know anything about and probably wouldn't really understand or need to understand until the results come back anyway. Issue nine, a clear takeaway from the high deductible consumer health plan insurance paradigm is that patients who are forced to pay unaffordable sums for appropriate care often choose to forego it. Then they suffer or they die from completely avoidable causes. It is no less tragic every time you hear the same basic story over and over again. And last problem that I'll mention, people who are in pain or damaged physically or mentally need compassionate care. They do not need a system that expects them to make rational choices. In sum, in most cases, patients and consumers, not synonyms. Yes, we have a paradox here. So patients are not consumers and they are consumers. <laughs> Luckily, there's another way to look at this whole conundrum, and that is to reframe it entirely. I'm going to say that the importance of the question, are patients consumers, isn't actually the answer to the question. Not to get all existential, but the question itself is the answer. The fact that anyone is asking, are patients consumers, is lightning in a bottle of cold, hard reality. Patients, meaning all of us, are basically incapable of achieving healthcare consumer status in this country today. But we would be well advised to try really hard to do the best that we can. Our current healthcare system demands it of us. Those who do not appreciate the stakes at failing in the consumer healthcare category should consider, number one, the devastating impact of surprise billing and predatory pricing. Two, the countless rare disease or oncology or rheumatology or neurology patients who have had to fight to get a diagnosis and then fight to get evidence-based treatment and then fight to get that treatment paid for. Number three, all of the employer coalitions and benefit experts with one proof point after another showing the critical importance of patients getting themselves to the right physicians at the right center of excellence. Shopping, if you will. Number four, the incredible variability of patient outcomes in this country, while rightly attributed to a whole lot of factors. One of them could be the patient's chops as a consumer who can select the right treatment and the right meds to achieve the outcomes that matter to them personally. And lastly, the last thing that anybody who doesn't appreciate the importance of us being consumers should really think about is that shorter wait times, nicer front desk people, more conveniently located facilities with longer hours and other aspects of care that patients actually can competently evaluate have definitely improved since more patients started acting like consumers. Basically, if you're a patient today or in the future, do the best you can to be a good healthcare consumer. Despite all the forces that conspire against you, your health and your finances often depend on how well you do. Sidebar. I find it very discomfiting when I hear doctors insist that patients who are trying to 
get the best care that they can or who are worried about the price of that care are devaluing the medical profession. I really need someone to explain to me how empowered patients who vote with their wallets or their feet, otherwise known as consumers, categorically diminish the capabilities and impact of physicians. Tips for patients who want to be good consumers. Number one, only read health-related articles on websites that are run by respected healthcare institutions or scholarly research organizations. Seriously, do not read articles penned by columnists for celebrity gossip magazines, random, in quotes, doctors you don't know anything about, or pretty much anything that hasn't gone through some sort of editorial review. Don't share these articles on Facebook. Don't email them around. Don't stick them on WhatsApp. There's a bunch of decent articles out there, some of which I've linked to in the show notes, about how to be a good consumer online and which websites are trustworthy. Tip number two, keep in mind that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. One doctor or anybody saying something that nobody else in the entire medical community agrees with needs a whole lot of proof to back up their hypotheses. They need data, a lot of it. As much as we all would like simple solutions or a cure or an explanation, it pays to be suspicious, especially if the recommended treatment or not treatment, as the case may be, could harm you yourself, could harm others. There is definitely a cost-benefit analysis here that is outrageously relevant. Last tip, get a second or third or fourth opinion from doctors who are sub-specialists in your particular condition. So that means don't go to an oncologist, go to a liver oncologist if you have liver cancer. Go to a brain oncologist if you have brain cancer. Do your research to find these physicians. My name is Stacey Richter, and this podcast is sponsored by Aventria Health Group. Links to everything discussed on the program today can be found at RelentlessHealthValue.com. If you visit the website, RelentlessHealthValue.com, you will also find a complete listing of all of the shows that we have published thus far with leading entrepreneurs and executives in the healthcare space today. Another cool feature is, you know, you can subscribe to the show so that every week, the episode is automatically sent to you so you don't have to remember to go to the website to download it. Thanks so much for listening.